Grace and peace are yours in the name of Jesus, your Savior. We read from God's Word in Ephesians chapter 6 this morning, verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to take a stand on the evil day, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness fastened in place, and with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace tied to your feet like sandals. At all times, hold up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Also take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. At every opportunity, pray in the Spirit with every kind of prayer and petition. Stay alert for the same reason, always persevering in your intercession for all the saints. This is God's word before us today. May the Holy Spirit bless us as we consider God's instructions to those in the battle. First of all, to know what you're up against. Second, to put on what Christ has given you. And three, to stay constant in prayer. How are you today? A simple question we're used to hearing probably numerous times each day. And the answer given is usually just as simple. I'm doing well. I'm good. Very rarely do we answer that question in a completely honest way. It's more of a greeting than a real question, isn't it? For each of us, things from day to day are not going well. But instead of digging into that with a casual question, it's easier just to give a standard response. I'm doing good. I'm fine. I'm well. In terms of our text, the same thought could be asked this way. What's the battle today? Just like our reluctance to be completely honest about the state of our day when somebody asks, We often live in denial of the battles that we face. Our battle's intensity may come and go, it may be high or low, but the struggle, the battle, is always there to some extent. We might have a health issue in life. We might have frustration at work. We might have troubles in our relationships. We might be tight on our finances. We might be struggling with an addictive habit. We might be lonely or depressed. Is there any end to the battles we face? Sometimes it's just easier in life, isn't it, to deliberately forget these battles, to force ourselves to tune them out, even though we know that doesn't really help. And so maybe when people ask us, what are you facing in life, we give that standard response, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, nothing, nothing bad. Maybe it's just easier not to get into it. 
There's no shortage of battles in this life. But what Paul speaks about here in our text today is not your typical battle. Verse 12 tells us, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Paul's speaking about the battle of faith. And that's not any normal battle. In fact, it's unique unto itself. Paul's talking about contending with enemies that want to take eternal life from us. The very thing that Jesus attained for us on the cross, people that want to rob us of that. And immediately Paul reminds us that this battle of faith is not normal at all. It's not what we're used to. And because of that, it's easy for us to live in denial of this battle. People wonder, why should I go to church? Is it worth my time? What good is the Bible in today's modern technological world? Isn't it a bit outdated? Can't I live just fine without God? I don't need him. In fact, religion is the cause of so many problems in life. Questions like these, which are increasingly prevalent in the world today, show just how many people live in denial of this battle going on. Or maybe more tragically, how many people have given up fighting altogether. Rather than give up or live in denial, we want to be honest about this monumental spiritual struggle, but also take confidence in the fact that God equips us to handle it. The unique nature of what we're up against is summarized in our text as not against flesh and blood. Essentially what Paul's telling us is it's, it's not something that can be seen. It's not something that can be battled physically. It's not something you can overcome on your own. Like Jesus told Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane, your sword does nothing here. This is not the enemy that you're facing. It's something different. Before we know how to fight this battle, we need to know what we're fighting against. Paul speaks about the enemies in our text as a progression. The first thing that Paul says is that they are powerful. This tells us that these forces that are against us have been in place for a long time. The Greek word for power or authority here, in its most basic sense, means ancient and so for the Greek mind, something that was ancient, something that was long-standing, had a lot of power because that needed it to be able to stay around that long. So God's telling us what you're up against spiritually in your faith life has been around for a long time. The next thought continues the progression. Paul speaks of the enemy's authority. Here's where we see the difference between something that is flesh and blood and something that is not. This type of authority that Paul's talking about is the ability to change the way people decide things in their life. The ability to influence people through ideas and through desire. This enemy that we face against our faith is not something we wage physical combat with here in the world, but it's something that is unseen to the physical eye. Something that is in that way much harder to overcome because it's not just something we can defeat and be done with. And finally, Paul describes the height of the progression, the most graphic presentation, the world rulers of this darkness, 
the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Ultimately, what Paul's talking about is the influence of Satan in the world today. It's often not by what is seen, what we would call flesh and blood, that Satan works, but it's through false teachings, ideas, thoughts, desires. You see, authority and power, it's not just wielded by some great physical warrior or army, but by words and persuasion. This warning fits with what the Bible tells us in other parts about Satan's work. It was Jesus himself that said in the Gospel of John about Satan, He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's the kind of enemy we're up against. But not only does Jesus warn us about the danger of Satan being the father of all lives, he indirectly shows us exactly what our hope is, the very same thing that Paul does. In contrast to Satan, who does not stand in the truth, Paul tells us, to stand firm in our faith. He tells us in verse 13, For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to take a stand on the evil day and after you have done everything, to stand. Notice how Paul doesn't say so that you can escape the evil day. You're going to be confronted with evil. God's not going to simply wipe it out of this world, at least not until he comes to bring us home to heaven. We're always going to be confronted with it. There's always going to be a battle to face. If our goal is to run from every struggle and every battle, we're going to fail at every time. But God's instruction to you is that you would be able to stand in that evil day so that your faith would not be overcome. Not that you would have to run and hide, but that you can stand in a bold way through your Savior. We often talk about that in conflicts, that familiar phrase, the last man standing, refers to the one who has won the victory, the one who has overcome in a long and drawn out struggle. And in this battle of our faith, God brings that picture to mind. But the key is, it's not us who's the last man standing, but it was our Savior Jesus. Because he faced every battle for us, he faced down every evil of this world, the worst that Satan could offer, even the very pain of hell itself, and stood. We can stand behind him protected. And that's Paul's encouragement to us. Take up the full armor of God. What Paul means by that is to be clothed with your Savior. Think about each of the pieces of this armor. The belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness, the foot coverings of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. It's easy for us to visualize each of these pieces of armor and how they cover us from head to toe. But we reach beyond the visual and also realize that each of the qualities listed here 
is something that is given to us by our Savior Jesus, something that we are clothed with and protected by because he used them first. Truth, righteousness, the good news of salvation, faith, salvation itself, and the work of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. All of these things are what Jesus stood for in his own life, what Jesus defended when he was under attack. And because he was victorious, we can be protected by the same. And notice how God doesn't tell you, go out and fight. We speak of our faith sometimes as fighting the good fight of faith. We had that as our pre-service meditation in Paul's letter to Timothy. But when it comes to the victory, God doesn't say, you must go out and win the battle. No, he talks about this armor protecting us in a defensive way. The victory is already claimed. The victory is already won. God's call to us is to not lose that by losing Christ. And take time in your meditation this morning to appreciate each of these gifts that our Savior gives us. Truth, the belt of truth, binds together our protection. Truth keeps us well-suited for the battle. Righteousness protects our most vital parts, the breastplate that covers the heart and the lungs. It's God's holiness that is our protection when we stand before him. The good news of our Savior, the gospel word, equips us to run with strength and endurance in proclaiming salvation to others and encouraging one another in our own faith with that same gospel. As the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 52 of his letter, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim glad tidings. The shield of faith is up to the task to thwart any attack from Satan. It doesn't matter whether the attack is physical, spiritual, emotional. Anything that Satan would throw our way that would seek to discredit what our Savior has done for us is quickly swallowed up by our faith. And yet, what a simple thing faith is that Jesus says even a little child can have and compares it to a mustard seed. The salvation that Jesus achieved for us on the cross protects our head. Our decision-making is all grounded and guided by what our Savior did for us on the cross. Whatever scenario I come across in my life as a believer, I'm going to factor in my choice and my decision based on what Jesus has done for me as my Savior. That helmet protects me. And in a deeper way, Jesus is our head, our leader, and reminds us that salvation is how he leads us as well. And finally, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, is our strength in daily conflict. Perhaps the most important item, we might say, in this armor of God, the sword which God tells us in his word cuts to the heart of all matters and protects us in any trial. Each picture in this armor of God represents a real and living aspect of being a believer in Christ today. It's not just picture language. It's not just a metaphor. But God is imparting something that you actually have at your disposal right now through faith in your Savior. It's intimidating to think about 
the battle before us when we really recognize the enemies that seek to rob us of our faith. It's not flesh and blood. We can be thankful that we don't have to fight a physical battle for our faith. But in some ways, and at some points in life, it seems like that would be easier if we could just see what we're up against. But we don't have to be intimidated because God equips us with this armor. And the very armor which Christ wore in our place. And God now calls us to take up that full armor of God and use it. And it's through baptism that we first put on this armor. Paul wrote to the Galatians in chapter 3, verse 27, As many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Paul pictures the blessing of baptism as something that covers us with Christ. Sometimes we think about that as a white robe, like what I'm wearing today. That Christ in baptism covers me with his holiness and righteousness so that I stand blameless before God. It's a fitting description. But we can also consider it this morning as we think about the enemies that we face. Baptism equips us with great protection from any attack that could come our way. The only weak spots we're going to have in that armor are the weak spots that we allow. And so covered in Christ, we can stand in victory against Satan. Each of these pieces of armor are something that Christ freely gives to us, products of his grace. But Paul ends the thoughts of our section with another gift that we can use, and one which points to something that God would have us do. The last verse of our text reads, At every opportunity, pray in the Spirit with every kind of prayer and petition. Stay alert for the same reason, always persevering in your intercession for all the saints. As we consider the importance of taking this battle seriously, not living in denial of it, not minimizing it, the gift of prayer serves as a good barometer of our faith. How often do we pray? What kinds of prayers do we offer? How often do we pray for other people, not just ourselves? How often are we distracted by everything else going on in life? How often does that take our time and attention rather than prayer? As God asks you to wage this battle and to protect your faith with what he's given you by his grace, he now says at the end, remember to pray. Prayer is always a good reflection of the health of one's faith as a barometer of where that trust in Christ is at. And so God instructs us to pray at every opportunity to bring every kind of prayer to his throne and to pray for all people. What a wonderful way that God has created through prayer to support one another in this battle. It's certainly nice to see everyone here today worshiping God, hearing his word, being strengthened in that word, supporting and encouraging one another in the faith. God says we do that when we gather around at church. But what an amazing gift that prayer is that I don't need to be in the same room as you to support and encourage your faith to stand shoulder to shoulder with you in this fight so that we can persevere to the end against Satan, so that we, we can, as God says, 
stand in the end. And when we use prayer as God intends, it provides an excellent defense for our faith too. Let us not be afraid of this battle. Let us not live in denial of it. Let us not live in indifference or apathy to it. When people ask us, we can be honest. We are under great attack. Things are not always the way they should be. Life is not always pleasant. There are enemies that seek to rob us of our eternal life in Jesus. But we also do not need to despair. We are safe and protected by God's armor. An armor that receives its strength through the one who wore it first in our place in total victory. We have that promise from our Savior Jesus that we are never alone in this fight. He is always with us, renewing us, forgiving us, encouraging us, and aiding us. May we stand equipped to the task to which God calls us and fight this battle to preserve our faith using the armor that Christ has won for us and staying connected to God through prayer. May Christ bless each of us to that end. In his name, amen. Please rise.